Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 179 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm uh, COVID Kevin. Yeah, COVID Kevin. Uh, um, I think <laughs> I may potentially be flu positive Kevin at this point. Uh, I keep testing negative for COVID, but I'm getting like the body ache <laughs> and I can't fucking warm up, which is why I had my heater on. But yeah. Yay, and my pregnant wife. Oh, by the way, my wife's pregnant. Hooray, if you didn't see it on the Facebook page. Um, and she tested positive for COVID as well, but she's saying that her feelings is like, she's got like the same symptoms, like feeling as a, uh, like a head cold. So she's yeah. got a lot of congestion and, you know. Me too. Uh, scratchy throat, but yeah. Me, I, I, have the, I have the same exact thing. So I think it's... um. But they don't say that you have to have, you know, there's nothing that says you have to have like body aches and all. No, that that's stuff. that's what makes me think that I, I potentially have uh, have dose flu, you know, because, if you know, every other time I've had the flu a few times and this is exactly what it's felt like every time when it first starts. So but with COVID, you can have all those same symptoms, but then have all the symptoms of a cold. Right, but if I'm not testing positive, it's probably not COVID at that point. I've tested every day for the last three days and have come up negative all three it days. Can be, it can be five to seven days. Well, we'll see. But um, so yeah, kind of a kind of a weird way to have announced that. But uh, yeah, my wife and I are <laughs> expecting, which is going to be awesome. Um, so. <sighs> Not to beg for money, but hey, we got a fucking mouth to feed, dude. Uh, hop over to Patreon. Give us five bucks a month and get an extra extra episode once a week. And, uh, I don't uh, have a mouth to feed. Directly I, have into, a, I have a dog uh, to feed. Into the fucking, uh, it, that'll go directly into the coffers for the show, and it'll it's going to end up buying us some new equipment here eventually when we move the studio. <coughs> uh, get some cool-ass tables to, to get set up on, but you guys didn't come here to listen to that. Um, no, I, I want to know about you, your, what, what's this episode about? Because well, well, I don't remember what as, it was. Well, that's that's where we're going to get into. As you may or may not remember, um, the Cube has been deciding episodes for us recently. And this was the first time that I have been assigned a solo cult episode. Ah, oh, that's um, right. 
so I forgot. I found a doozy. <laughs> it's going to be fun. There's some gross shit in it, just as a heads up for anybody that might be a little squeamish. But if you're listening to this, if you've been listening for this long, you're probably not too squeamish. Oh, you um, went south of the border, didn't you? Right? I sure fucking did. Just a yeah. little bit. Just just a little. Um, we are going to be talking about the Matamoros death cult and its leader. Jesus Christ, I can't find his name. I don't think it was Jesus. Or was it? Uh, actually, actually, yeah, there's a... So the, the leader of this little cult, his name is uh, Adolfo de Jesus uh, Constanzo. So you were right, there was a Jesus in there. Ah. Uh. Just not right Adolfo. Huh. I like that. Yeah. Name. I'm I'm sure you do. Fucking little Hitler. Adolfo. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. Adolfo is not uh you know Adolf there, mister. It's 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 uh it's the Spanish version of Adolf. Whatever. I don't think so. <laughs> what what the fuck else would it be? Uh I don't know. Italian. It's the Spanish version of Alonzo, which ah, is already a Spanish name. You know it, mister. Um, yeah. So, March 11th, 1989, a group of college students from the University of Texas at Austin were roaming the streets of Matamoros, Mexico, which is a little town just over the border from Brownsville, Texas. They were there because at the time, you could legally drink at 18 in Mexico. Um, and the law here had just changed a couple years previous to make it 21. Because I remember my dad telling me stories about being able to go get fucking wasted, like, right out of high school when he was 18. Um, and that was in the mid-80s. So, they they got it. There's all kinds of weird shit that goes on in these little backwards border towns. Um, especially back in the 70s and 80s. There, you could get into... Uh, into some interesting situations back then there. You probably still can. Um, except now it would probably result in you meeting a uh, cartel of some sort and uh, getting your, your wiener cut off and stuck in your mouth or something. Oh um, yeah. They're not, they're not super nice dudes. Um, spoiler alert. No. So the four, yeah, no, believe it or not, those super violent Mexican drug cartels, not good dudes. Wasn't, uh, this is like a side side note here, you know, because you just said like, kind of like uh, uh, like off the shoot, you know, a little backwards town. Uh, what was it at dusk till dawn? Wasn't that a like a little right? Wasn't yeah? Wasn't dusk till dawn? Oh, it sure was. But it was like yeah, a little back a titty twist alley. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like an offshoot, off the road, beaten path, like. Hope, yeah, uh, podunk town or something like little the bar. First time I ever saw Selma Hayek, and I have never forgotten. <laughs> God damn. Mm. Um, yeah. anyway, so the four guys are uh, Mark Kilroy, Bill, uh, Bill Huddleston, Brad Moore, and Brent Martin. So, I mean, pretty you know, boilerplate white dude names for the you know, for Texas back in the uh, the 80s. Um, for any time. Right, pretty much. Um, so they're making their way back towards the car, and then eventually they would cross back, the, you know, cross back over the border into the United States and go home for the night. Mm-hmm. Mark Kilroy decides, yeah, it decides. Decides. Fuck was that? Oh, Jesus, he decides. Holy fuck me, sideways. Anyway, 
So Mark Kilroy decided he really, really needed to have a piss. So he ducks into an alleyway about 200 yards away from the border crossing. So uh-huh. he's he's within eye shot of the U.S. border. Almost home. Two football fields away from home. So the rest of the guys kind of keep going because they know that he's going to catch up easily. He'll, you know, he'll take a piss. He'll catch up to him. They'll wait for him at the car, you know. Um, after waiting for about two hours, they start getting nervous and they go back into Matamoros looking for him. They would two eventually. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I... we'll get into why, uh, here in a minute. So they would eventually, uh, so they went back into town they started looking for him, asking questions. <clears throat> and they eventually called off the search for the night and go home. And they return the next day and go to the, uh, the U S consul in Matamoros. The consul told them, Hey, don't worry about it. Probably wandered off somewhere, passed out drunk in an alley, or he, uh, he may have quote unquote found some eat company for the evening. Um, and after not showing up the next day, the three guys go back and they get Kilroy's family. Um, and they go to the sheriff's office in Brownsville, Texas. And they spoke to uh, Lieutenant George Garavito. Um, but obviously being an officer in Texas, he's a little out of his jurisdiction to go across the border in New Mexico. But Garavito did actually travel to the Matamoros Police Department and speak with uh, some officers there. They said it wasn't their problem because Kilroy actually went missing on the U.S. side of the border. So it's their problem, not the Mexican problem. He was never seen crossing the border back into the United States. And when all of the border agents in that area that were on duty that night were questioned and showed pictures of him, none of them said, yeah, he came back across. We saw him. They said, we saw him go into Mexico. We never saw him come back. So. Um. So Garavito is starting to get a little frustrated with the lack of cooperation from the local police. And he ends up going to the Mexican federal police, AKA the federales, because you know, that's just a more fun way to say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, specifically the drug enforcement arm of the agent uh, agency under, I can only assume former fucking Houston Astros catcher Juan Benitez Ayala. <laughs> And that's a catcher name if I ever heard one. No, second baseman or shortstop. <laughs> he went back into law enforcement because he got the bad knees. Yes. No, no, he was he was definitely a shortstop or, or second baseman. He's one of those guys they would have referred to as a 4A guy where, you know, he was too good for AAA, but not quite good enough for the majors. So he just kind of hung out in AAA his whole career. You know, had a couple kids, bought a small apartment, some shit like that, you know. Eventually invested some money into a food truck. I, I would, I would think, you know, um, so, oh, fuck me. Okay. <clears throat> For the next couple of weeks, Mark Kil- Kilroy's family and friends would put out over 200,000 flyers on both sides of the border. And they offered a $15,000 uh, reward for information leading to uh, Mark being returned. The case got so big that at one point in time, America's Most Wanted actually covered it. Um, And then after weeks of dead-end tips and calls 
uh, the case started to kind of cool down. We got no no real valid information coming in. We're not finding any evidence of where he went to. So three weeks, three weeks after Mark went missing, a seemingly unrelated and completely irrelevant event would take place that would break the the case wide open. So Agent Ayala's task force was uh, was involved with a uh, an American agency doing some inter, uh, interdiction stuff against local cartels. So I'm assuming DEA, um, either DEA or uh, um, maybe ICE or somebody like that, where they would have been trying to, you know, keep an eye on the border with people crossing. Um, I don't know if there was so pro- ICE probably there. probably DEA though. They were around for probably. sure. Yeah, And so the reason they were working together is because the cartels have been smuggling drugs across the border. Fucking shocker. Like, that's not been going on since the dawn of time. Um, So they were bringing drugs over to the U.S. side. And then they were going back into Mexico. 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 With God only knows what. Um, Post-2008, I would probably say some guns. You know, Fast and Furious style. But we don't get into that too much. Um. As part of this operation, Ayala's boys set up uh, some roadblocks in the area of Matamoros and the surrounding towns. There was no problem at any of these roadblocks until there was a problem. And uh, a large van ran a roadblock and took off at a high speed. And uh, Ayala and a couple of his other dudes hop in a car and give chase. They follow it back to a ranch in Santa Elena, which is about two miles from where the roadblocks were set up just outside of Matamoros. Um, the driver got out of the van completely shocked that there's now a fleet of police cars behind him in the driveway. Um, they obviously arrested him, uh, everybody else in the van, and then they start searching the farm. And here's where shit gets interesting. So as they're searching the buildings on the property, they round up a few other members of the group. Um, they find several hundred pounds of marijuana. Um, and then they come across this little red shed out in the back kind of by itself. As they approached the shed, uh, Ayala started to notice a very, very strong smell. It said it's, it, quote, smelled like old blood and rotting meat. So they opened the door and they saw something that uh, they literally, from what he said, they opened the door, looked in and closed the door and backed away from it real, real quickly. What they found in there was an altar, a large cauldron pieces of animals and small pots filled with what looked like blood and herbs mixed together. They didn't touch anything because they knew, uh, uh, because all these things are associated with, uh, brujera or witchcraft for us, non-Spanish speakers. And, uh, being somewhat superstitious, they kind of were like, nah, fuck that. And they just closed the door and they walked away from it until they, uh, got some other folks out there. Um, the weed that they gathered was good enough for the cops. The volume was a huge, huge offense. And they were going to put these fucking guys away for a long time. Uh, one of the men arrested was an old man named Serafin Hernandez, which is a fucking great name. That sounds like a pitcher bringing the lefty comes out with his big fucking mustache. And he just doesn't have a lot of speed, but he's got good movement, you know? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> and when, uh, when he was being questioned at the station, he saw a picture of Mark Kilroy uh, tacked to the wall, and he says, uh, I know that guy. So this kind of piques Ayala's interest, and he starts questioning the old man further. 
Hernandez said that he had brought food and water to him on the farm a few weeks previous. And when he brought it to him, he was bound up and gagged in the back end of a Chevy Suburban. He said after he delivered the food and drink, he never saw him again. Um, Ayala then turned his, uh, his attention to two men by the name of Rivera who are also on the property. Neither both of them. Rivera, say, but both were Rivera's. Yeah. It's their last name. Okay. Um, so neither of them would say anything. So he goes back to Seraphin Hernandez. He then said that the, uh, the Rivera brothers had been ordered to kidnap a quote, handsome, smart American that was studying to be a doctor. Hernandez then told Ayala that the man at the top of the pile was known simply as El Padrino, which is the Godfather would have, uh, would have made the movie a little bit less. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been marketed as well if they'd called it El Padrino instead of the Godfather. No, probably, probably not. Would it would have been would have been hard to give it a Spanish name and then just put a bunch of fucking eye ties in it. So Ayala then continues to ask. He's like, "So who's this El Padrino character, and why would he want someone kidnapped and brought to him?" Uh, Hernandez replied with a two word answer that I'm not even going to try to do in Spanish. As a matter of fact, I didn't even fucking put it in here in Spanish. I did it in English. And he said to him, human sacrifice. So fucking yay. After I'm sure he, uh, he regained his composure a little since that's not really a normal thing to hear. Um, followed up with what some more mean? questions about Padrino. Come huh? on. Sacrifices and you know, normal. Yeah. He, human sacrifices back in the eighties in Mexico, not super common, believe it or not. Huh? Now, if you went back in history about 500 years before that, they'd have found just a pile of fucking hearts somewhere. Well, of course. Because, you know. I said it was an honor. Yeah. So he kind of follows up with some more questions about Padrino and soon found out that his name is actually Adolfo de, Je- de Jesus Constanzo. Now we're going to kind of get into the this fucking waste of oxygen for a bit because... Can't really talk about a cult without talking about its crazy ass leader, you know. Um, it's kind of kind of an important thing. It'd be like doing Jonestown and just being like, "Yeah, this guy Jim Jones had some weird sunglasses, but you know, no nothing important really happened with him." So, Constanzo was born in Miami. In I typed that wrong. That was 1962, not 1692. That would be a completely different story. Fucking true. Ghost of a conquistador. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's just a fucking zombie. Yeah, or yeah, some or again, some kind of conquistador demon, like in fucking uh, uh, Monster Hunter. Good book uh-huh. series, by the way. Um, his mother was Cuban, and uh, she'd been uh, widowed before she gave birth to him. So she then moved the entire family to Puerto Rico, and she married her second husband. And then they all, as a family unit, moved to Miami in 1972. So he's about ten. Um, he's baptized Roman Catholic makes sense. Um, and as he gets older, he starts dabbling in some of the darker stuff and eventually got into a kind of an offshoot of Santeria. Um, and there's rumors that both his mother and his grandmother were Santeria priestesses and Santeria. If you're not familiar, it's kind of a blend of some of the, um, Afro-Caribbean religions and Catholicism, if you're just kind of like fucking smash them up together. Um, so you get a lot of uh, West African stuff and then 
Catholicism just kind of jammed together. Also a really good sublime song, but we don't go to the, <laughs> we don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So when Adolfo, uh, when Adolfo was 14 years old, he started an apprenticeship with a local, I shit you not a local sorcerer who had been making some really, really good money helping local drug dealers by praying for them to uh, the Orishas or the, uh, the gods of Santeria. It was thought that Constanzo was introduced to Paolo Mayambi, which is the darker half of Santeria. That would be closer to, for example, that would be like the difference between Christianity and Satanism, except instead of, you know, whatever. Uh, so shortly after he gets into Paolo Mayambi, uh, the folks in the neighborhood start finding small dead animals and birds on their doorsteps and uh, porches which I'm sure they probably didn't like. He's just in, he's, you know, they're, they're, they're gifts. Uh, <laughs> welcome gifts. He's fucking Cuban Herb Baumeister. Just leaving people dead animals like a cat. <laughs> yes. He's basically saying, Hey, that's a callback. That was a minute ago. Uh, Son of a I'm bitch. In, I'm in the neighborhood uh, or welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. I noticed you're not good at hunting. So I brought you food. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, on me this time. So over the course of his teenage years, he would continue being schooled in the dark arts and uh, was eventually arrested a few times for uh, some petty offenses, mostly shoplifting. This guy go to fucking um, Hogwarts? And his... <laughs> dark, dark. I don't know. Did he, did there has he to have, be a, a there would have, have to be a teacher. different school other than Hogwarts. Like, um, I don't know. Is there is there like a, a wizard school in Puerto Rico or some shit? Because that's probably where he would have landed. Oh, of course, of course there is. You know there is. There has to be. You know they have to have the Caribbeano. You know they have to have one of those. That's like the 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 like the the really tropical you know getaway one. It's also mostly because Hogwarts is a segregated school. It is not. They had separate water fountains in there. <laughs> yeah, for guys and girls. Probably, no, they didn't. We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't. All I know is they had separate bathrooms. Pretty sure and Dumbledore is a Grand Wizard in more than one way. Well, fucking British Klansman. <laughs> uh, That's no. not a real thing. So, um, so in his later teen years, he would move to Mexico City and start doing uh, some modeling work, and uh, he was recruited. He's and the thing is, he's not a bad looking dude, so I get it. You know, he's not a bad looking dude. Um, okay. When you think of uh, um, somebody like practicing witchcraft and sacrificing humans, you wouldn't think this guy. You'd go, you'd go, oh wait, what? He looks like he should be on like uh, soap operas or something, telenovelas. Uh, telenovelas you know. Uh huh. Um, but he was also recruited for some of his uh, quote unquote talents by some of the, the drug smugglers in the area. Yeah. Well, when you're a trained fucking wizard, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you get <laughs> hired by people. You're a wizard, Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a right good one, I imagine, too. <laughs> how do these spells translate to fucking Spanish? I, I don't know. All I know how to do is ask for the bathroom and water. <laughs> They're all the same. So, I mean, you know. So, it's just it's, it's got to be uh, it's got to be a Latin base then. Yeah. 
you know, so you can get the oh. uh, the Spaniards, the French, the Italians. They all kind of get it a little bit. Yeah. The, the Portuguese aren't allowed to do magic, as we've talked about before. Well, um, of course not. Yes. Even though, you know, the Italians were also of the sea. But, they uh, were. Rigatoni of the sea. So weren't the Greeks. Yeah, but the Greeks don't exist anymore. At least not in any way that matters. Wow, that's true. Just like the Romans, like fuck them. You know, when was the last time they were relevant? Or or the Spanish? Nobody's gave a shit about the Spanish since they fucking like butt fucked the entirety of Mexico and South America. Um, but anyway, so two of his earliest followers, and by most accounts, uh, his uh, his lovers, Jorge Montes and Mon- uh, Martin Quintana. We're uh, we're drawn to him like moths to a flame because he was super fucking charming by all accounts, and he would uh, he'd pick up some other followers as he went, and obviously some other um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lovers, uh, uh, dudes toys. to fuck, I, I, dudes to fuck is what we're gonna go with. I think that's the scientific term. Um, no, no, I use fuck toys. That's the more that's that's very much more scientific. No, a fuck toy is like, you know, when you, 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 you fucking stick your dick in a jar of mayonnaise. That's a fuck toy. Um, no, no, no. They were a fuck, fuck puppet toys. would be more of a person, I think. Okay. Actually, I, yes. Well, all right. They're fuck puppets. Dudes to sodomize. I was just say dudes to fuck. Okay. Fair or enough. they're fuck buddies. They'd be more like fuck employees, I think. Because they worked for him. Okay, we since we've narrowed that Which down, mean, t- fuck hey, buddies. If you it have is. a job, oh boy, uh, if you have please. a job, you are a fucking employee. <laughs> if you have any kind a, of a job, a fucking employee. No, you're a fucking employee because you're gonna oh. get fucked one way or the other. Ah, okay, um, got it. But he would he would gather these people behind him. Um, after, well, he was like reading tarot cards in Mexico City's uh, gay neighborhood called La Zona Rosa. Or uh, I believe that's the red zone. Uh, I, I would think. Yeah. It's the West Hollywood of Mexico City. Just hot pants everywhere. You, you just hear just crop tops and red leather shorts and fucking. Uh, it's just dudes cruised around on roller skates and tiny little shorts and crop tops like Archer, you know. Rodrigo, you don't have to turn on uh, your red light. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of Roxanne, it's Rodrigo. <laughs> I just spent the entire night in a swamp burying a Dominican guy's rooster. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> so as his, uh, as his client list starts to get bigger and more valuable, including everyone ranging from cartel leaders to models and nightclub performers and uh, no, owners to a handful of federales, honestly, uh, they fall into it. Um, He's doing a lot of fucking. They would. Well, not necessarily the fucking. He's doing a lot of magic. Oh. Um, Alakazam, Alakazam. Yeah. Alakazam, Alakasplooge. Uh, <laughs> but all these people would come to him to, to perform his rituals. Um, he and his followers started breaking into cemeteries and mortuaries to steal human bones to use. And uh, by 1987, his client list included members of the Calzada family. Uh, which at the time to- at, at the time was one of the biggest cartels in Mexico. Um, 
The partnership started like it normally did, him doing some rituals for him, sacrifices, offering protection, and obviously, just this shit ain't free, so he needs some money. Um, as the Calzadas start to get more powerful, he felt like, like Adolfo felt like the only reason that they were gaining any kind of traction or foothold was because of his rituals. And he starts demanding more and more money from the cartel, and they refused. Uh-huh. So shortly after this refusal, the uh, the leader of the cartel and six of his family members mysteriously went missing. Weird. Huh. Wow. Kind of strange. I wonder what that, happened there. That is. Wonder if we're gonna that's gonna link back to a small little fucking red shed on a dirt ass farm somewhere. No. Hmm. Never. I think you might be wrong. I haven't read this all the way through, but you might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Um, Which I, is a uh, lie, because I hand-type this all with love. Oh, as okay. I always do. I'm pretty sure. No, there's no way. My tarot, the only thing ca- my tarot cards my sources. <laughs> my tarot cards What tarot cards no. do you have? You should get the Lego ones. They're pretty rad. No. I, bet I, have, the he- have, I have the He-Man ones. Oh, dude. Like, the regular He-Man one or the adult He-Man ones? Regular He-Man. Okay, good. Because the other ones are like Skeletor just doing filthy things to that cat. My fucking nose just... just It's like... like it's like making like this fucking weird noise. I can like hear it. It's like a suction I, noise? Yeah. It's kind of like a, a squeaking noise. And it, and it didn't start until I started talking about Skeletor <laughs> finger blasting the cat. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah. So at this point, what the fuck was that thing's name? I uh, can't remember. Who? His cat. Uh. Skeletor's cat. Skeletor had a cat. I thought he did. It was some kind of weird fucking like monster thing that he rode around on. I thought it was a cat. No, I don't think so. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he anyway. had a purple one. Maybe he had a purple one and He Man had a fucking the green one. Yeah. A pussy. But then it became yeah. like fucking not a pussy. There's a Panthro was his. What? Yeah. He then went on to fucking uh, lead the Thundercats to battle. Ah, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Oh. Anyway. By the power of Grace Skull. <laughs> So at this point in July of 1987, Constanzo had uh, had found some new clients in the form of the Rivera brothers that we've mentioned already before. Coming full circle, starting to kind of, okay? He also met 22-year-old Sarah Aldrati. Um, she was attending, uh, attending school in the United States in Brownsville, the same school that Mark Kilroy went to. I see a plot twist coming. Uh-huh. So this would prove the hold that he had on people and his ability to manipulate others. He wanted Sarah. Uh, and at the time she was dating a uh, kind of a smaller time drug dealer by the last name of Sosa. Uh, Constanzo fucks her. <laughs> uh, and, then, uh, and then calls Sosa and is like, hey, so your girlfriend, I just met her. Yeah. Uh, Plowder. And uh, 
he kind of just called her and was like, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, yeah, I did. Um, so from then on, she became La Padrina, so the godmother. Um, he would also refer to her as the head witch, and that makes sense because she was a fucking freak like he was. Like, okay. big time. Okay. Constanzo's rituals became more elaborate and sadistic after he moved his headquarters to a plot of uh, plot of desert called Rancho Santa Alina, where we found the shed. Um, so there on May 28th, 1988, drug dealer Hector de la Fuente and farmer Mo- uh, Moises Castillo, uh, Castillo, another outfielder, um, you, were executed by gunfire. For sure, dude, Moises, yeah, he's an outfielder. They all are. Like, well, anybody that's ever had that first name that's played baseball, I'm pretty sure he's been an outfielder. Probably. Mostly Moises Alou, who was fucking amazing. Good. Yeah. Very good player. Um, what was his father? Felipe Alou. Who was his father? Felipe, okay. He was a good manager, too. We gotta stop this fucking sports tangent bullshit. But this is what happens when we talk about Hispanic names. We're just like, oh, they're baseball players, you know, or boxers. But Ooh. and it's only good fun because they, a lot of names sound like they could be playing for the fucking Cubs or something. It's hey, you know, we're just putting them on teams. Yeah, Mexico City sure. Corn Dogs. We're gonna start that one up. Oh, true. I mean, we could. I'm pretty sure we could, we could buy a baseball team in Mexico for like thirty five hundred bucks. Uh, American, American. I don't think which so. Is like I, I don't know what the fuck Mexican money's worth. Probably nothing like ours. So, uh, where was I? Okay, the peso. Okay, so, so these two fuckers are executed by gunfire. Um, but the sacrifice was a disappointment to Constanzo. Uh, back in Mexico City, he directed his. Uh, Should have cut some of his. Off. Well, he directs some of his followers to dismember a transvestite by the name of Ramon <laughs> Esquaville and uh, dump his remains on a public street corner. You mean her so, remains? I don't know. His na- They went with Ramon, so I'm going to go with him. I don't want to get fucking canceled. I, like, what do they get? Uh, you know, even if we did get canceled, we're out like fucking 30 bucks a month from, the, from show revenue. So, ooh, I misgendered somebody from the fucking 80s. Eat a dick. I didn't do it now, so it doesn't matter. Um, so they, they they chop up this uh, um, uh, whatever I don't know, uh, Ray, uh, Ramon. Yeah. Um, uh, his luck was holding, and Constanzo narrowly escaped when Houston police raided a drug house in June of 1988, and they seized a bunch of occult paraphernalia and shit like that in the city's largest ever shipment of cocaine. So they got a bunch of coke and a bunch of, I'm assuming, pig skulls and blood and shit. Um, August 12th. Why would you get shit? Yeah, I don't know. You probably need it for something. Okay. You know, who knows? Um, August 12th, and this one's a fucking doozy. Oviado Hernandez and his two-year-old son were kidnapped by rival narcotics dealers. Um the family then turns to Constanzo for help that night. Another human sacrifice was staged at uh, Santa Elena and the hostages were released unharmed on August 13th. Adolfo claiming full credit for their safe return. 
Um, uh-huh. so his, his, yeah, so his name's on the rise. And uh, he barely notices when uh, a guy, a, a person by the name of Florentino Ventura committed suicide in Mexico City, um, taking his wife and a friend with him at the same time in a, a pretty gnarly gunfight. Um, basically opened up on these other two people with a uh, like a Mac 10 kind of like a little like machine pistol and then uh, blew the top of his skull off with it. So pretty fucking metal. Uh, very vice city way to die. Huh. Uh, in November of 1988, Constanzo sacrificed uh, one of his disciples, Jorge Gomez. He sounds like a boxer. Uh, who was accused of snorting cocaine, which was in direct violation of Padrino's ban on drug use. No, no, Jorge, Jorge Gomez plays, uh, plays soccer. Uh, okay. Fair enough. I, I, I thought boxer, you know, like a flyweight uh, he, or something, no, just real soccer. quick hands, you know, he plays soccer. He's big. Um, you know? so he, he had a pretty strict policy on drug use. We sell the shit. We don't we do the, shit. the people that sell the shit. We don't do the shit. Um, uh-huh. so a month later, Adolfo's ties with the Hernandez family were, uh, were kind of really locked in with the uh-huh. initiation of, uh, Orvito, uh, Hernandez as a full fledged cult member. Uh, he completed a ritual bloodletting and, uh, prayers to the Nagana, which is the, uh, uh, the cauldron that they use is the Nagana. Um, this part, I don't really, I don't really understand. Like, I don't know how this is justified, but it, the, one of the things I found said that human sacrifice can have a very practical side. Um, and that would come to fruition for, uh, uh, smuggler. Oh my God. Ezekiel Luna, uh, who was tortured to death at Rancho Santa Elena on February 14th, 1989. Uh, two other dealers, Ruben Garza and Ernesto Diaz. Uh, they, fought each other at UFC like 115 or something. Yeah. Um yeah. so they they wander into the ceremony completely uninvited. Um so Adolfo's like, "Hey, that's cool. I'm going to fucking kill both of you now." Um so he did. <laughs> um but this wasn't always the case. He didn't always have to like fucking hack somebody up like a chicken for a sacrifice. Occasionally he just <laughs> like, "Ah, whatever, and just leave him alone." Yeah. Um more often than not, he's like, I'm a fucking kill you. So he calls for fresh meat once again, February 25th of 89. And Oviedo Hernandez gladly joins hunting. And they pick up uh, his 14-year-old cousin, Jose Garcia, because they couldn't find anybody else. So they pick up Oviedo Hernandez's cousin, Jose, who's 14 years old. Um. And he was pretty promptly uh, executed for fucking whatever. March 13th, 1989, Constanzo sacrifices uh, sacrifices another victim at the ranch. Um, again, disappointed with this one because they didn't scream or beg for mercy um, in a fashion which he was okay with. <laughs> this guy's such a cunt. Um so he then ordered uh, at this point in time, after that sacrifice, it didn't go as well as he wanted it to. He threw a little bit of a, a little bit of a hissy fit and uh, he decides we need an Anglo for the next one. 
And uh, that's when they abducted Mark Kilroy just outside of Matamoros. Um, literally, when they found him, he was pissing between the dumpster and the trash can. And they just fucking racked him over the head with something, dragged him to a van and took off. Um, so he he didn't have a, a pleasant ending, I don't imagine. I wouldn't um, say so. Yeah. Um, so after Kilroy was kidnapped, two weeks later, Sarah Eldrade's old boyfriend, Gilberto Souza, guy we mentioned before, um, he gets picked up. Um, but nobody really noticed or let me re- let me rephrase that. Nobody really cared that a small time drug dealer went missing because fuck it, he's a drug dealer. He's, you know, one less person that the police have to deal with. Um True. and also with it being so close to the disappearance of Kilroy, he kind of was still the top name in the in the news. Yeah. Um because again, drug dealers go missing all the time. You know, he skipped town. Somebody, you know, caught up with him on a bad thing and uh, and fucking whacked him, whatever. So I think there will be a pretty good place to take a quick break. So we'll be back after these messages. We're back. So when the police raid the farm, they start finding bodies. Um, when I say that, I mean most of the bodies. And what I mean by that is mostly... Parts of bodies is what they're finding. Pieces and parts. Yeah. Yes. Um, Constanzo had taken fingers, toes, hearts, spines, brains, and testicles of the men. um, And they had all been kind of tossed together into the the Nagana, um, which roughly translates, by the way, to blood cauldron, which is fucking metal as shit. So this guy is doing some Mortal Kombat shit on a uh, on a Cannibal Corpse album, which is pretty cool. Okay. Actually, Blood Cauldron would probably be closer to like a, a Death Clock album, I would think. Probably, um, yeah. As they would say. And Brutal. that's one of... Yeah. Fucking Blood Cauldron. <laughs> um, <coughs> I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, and the Nagana is one of the most important pieces of equipment in <laughs> the practices of, of Palo Miami. So by placing the human bits in the cauldron, he believed he could summon spirits that he could command to strengthen his power. Holy shit. It's no. Anyway, his followers started worshiping. Is that Azteca, uh, you know, heritage coming out there? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's no Aztecs in Cuba, but you know, he has, he has something, you know, he culturally appropriated Aztec culture. <laughs> yes. Come on now. So, see, it's not just white people doing it. It's other people in general, too. So at this point, his followers start worshiping him like a fucking god. Um, and they would do anything he told them to, no questions asked. So that's going to lead us back to that shed that the police raided, where they uh, they stumble across the Nagana in that little like windowless hut. Um, when the police finally decide to enter the shed, they discover body parts from several different men in the cauldron. Um, and then they start digging and they would find a total of 13 decomposing and mutilated bodies, including what was left of Mark Kilroy. The, uh, 
<coughs> this part's pretty cool. Um, so after they found all the, um, they got all the bodies and stuff out of there. Um, I don't, it didn't really specify whether it was the entire compound or just the shed. Um, but the police burned it down and then they had a priest come in and purify the site with, uh, with holy water and prayers. <laughs> Makes sense. Which is pretty awesome. Um, Makes sense. Imagine that. Imagine that priest walking there. Santa Maria. <laughs> fucking crossing himself so fast that he's like going to break his arm. Oh, he wouldn't say Santa Maria. Why wouldn't he? That's what they said know. in Blazing Saddles. So uh, never well, mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so for the first time on this show, I think we can finally say that the case was actually cracked by good police work and not, uh, not because somebody got sloppy. So not, not, not very common with cases like this, but the police actually did their jobs and that's wow. how they, that's how they found that Padrino had fled the area and gone back to an apartment building that he owned in Mexico City. Uh-huh. So the hunt is now on for Adolfo Constanzo. And the police raided his luxury home at, uh, oh, God damn it, Atizapan, which is outside of Mexico City, on April 17th. Um, okay. They found piles and stacks of just gay porn. And then a hidden ritual uh, in a closet, <laughs> like a hidden uh, uh, altar in a closet. I'm assuming just the door just covered with porn. So they had to like actually go through it all first. And then they found his weird little fucking blood table in the closet. Probably. You imagine those cops just having to go through that shit. And they're just like, oh, God. And they're looking at him like, well, that's an interesting title. Well, let's throw it on in the background. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I think they were uh, quite pissed off at it because, like, they don't. They don't like uh, being gay down there. Is no, it's was a not, was not a, thing. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, but they were like even. They like took it like really far, like putting you in jail and shit like that. Well, yeah, this is what happens when we're both not feeling well. Weird shit happens on the show. Um, <laughs> So, uh, the discovery at uh, Santa uh, Santa Alina made international headlines, and sightings of Constanzo were uh, were reported as far away as fucking Chicago. But in fact, he had already he had actually just gone back to Mexico City. Um, he's hiding out in a small apartment with Sarah and three other of his disciples. On May second, uh, thinking to save herself, Sarah tossed a note out the window. It read, quote, please call the uh, the judicial police and tell them that in this building are those that they are seeking. Give them the address, fourth floor. Tell them that a woman is being held hostage. I begged for this because I want, uh, because what I want most is to talk or they're going to kill the girl. So she fucking head fakes him. It was like, ha, there's a girl up here. That girl's me. Fuck you. I want out. Um, <laughs> so then some dude just walking down the street finds the note and uh, and then kept it to himself because he thought it was somebody just trying to play a prank on whoever picked it up. 
Probably. Uh, yeah. So on May 6th, neighbors call police to complain of a loud, vulgar argument in Constanzo's room. Uh, some say that uh, this was actually accompanied by gunshots. Um, patrolmen arrive on the, on the scene. Constanzo opens fire with an Uzi, um, which kicked off about a 45-minute gun battle in which uh, only one policeman was wounded somehow. Um, huh. when, when Constanzo realizes that escape is completely out of the picture, uh, he handed his weapon to cultist Alvaro de Leon Valdez. He's a boxer. Got a lot. He comes out with all the belts and shit. He's got like six of them. Yeah. Um, who was a professional hitman. Um, and his nickname was El Doobie. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't even know. That's not not a good name for a hitman. Huh. Um. So with with this, he gave him an order. Um. And El Doobie recalled, "Quote: He told me to kill him and Martin. Uh, I told him that I couldn't do it, but he hit me in the face and threatened me that everything would go bad for me in hell." Then he hugged Martin, and I just stood in front of them and shot them with a machine gun. <laughs> uh, so, Constanzo and Quintana were uh, were both pretty severely dead when the police kicked in the door of the apartment. Um, they arrested El, El Duby and Sarah. Uh, in the aftermath of the raid, 14 cultists were indicted on various charges, including multiple murder, weapons, narcotics, uh, conspiracy and obstruction of justice charges. In August 1990, El Duby was con- uh, was convicted of killing Constanzo and Quintana, which drew him a uh, a 30 year prison term. Uh, cultist Juan, ooh, this is going to be a weird one to say. Fragosa. I almost read it as Fagosa, and it's not. There's an R in there. Mm. Um, so Juan and Jorge Montez were both convicted in the uh, the killing of that tra- of the transvestite Ramon, um, and they each got a each ended up with thirty five years for that. Okay, so both of them are baseball players. Just want to let you know. Well, yeah, uh, and yeah. then another another guy that was involved with it, uh, gentleman by the name of Omar Orea. Oh, he um, is definitely a middle infielder. Uh, third base man he's got he's got good feet he's, they uh, stick him over to the hot corner he's got he's got his shit together uh, okay that's why I, I mean i good i hear he's better, you know i hear he's better in the middle infield but it's okay they can't all be shortstops dude listen we can't build a team with just fucking shortstops we need other players all right fine so um so he was convicted in the same case and he died of AIDS before he could be sentenced, which is uh, fucking hilarious. Mm. Sarah Eldrati was acquitted of Constanzo's murder, but sentenced to six years on conviction of criminal association. Yeah. And six years down there isn't like uh, a good six that's years. Not pleasant. <laughs> no, no. That's a, Even in a women's prison, probably not going to be fun. No, it's a rough six. You're not going to have a good time. No. Uh, so she was nearing the end of that sentence in 1994 when uh, her long-delayed trial on multiple murder uh, charges brought another conviction and would land her in the pokey for an additional 60 years. 60 so or six? Of all of these pe- people. 
60, 60. So of all of these people, she got the heftiest sentence because she was involved with so many more of the killings with fucking Constanzo than anybody else was. Like I said, she was a freak, just like he was. So police in Mexico are still uncertain of Constanzo's final body count. Um, some officers are trying to clear up every, you know, they, they try to, a lot of them, they try to you know, like blame him for all of these other weird, um, like ritual killings, uh, in, including some that have happened after he died. So it's like, you can't really blame him for something when he's dead and it happened after that, but well, um, his, his ghost did it. Yeah. Uh, or he actually wasn't dead. He oh, just... he was pretty dead. Like he, uh, no, no, there's that was pictures his bo- of the crime scene. That was his body double. I don't know, dude. There's pictures of the crime scene, and he is. Uh, um, Trying to say he's very much dead. Pretty, he's pretty severely dead. Yeah, there's. Oh. He got he got unalived hard. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. So June of 1989, uh, Martin Quintanas's sister told police that Adolfo. Uh, she tried to tell the police that he was still alive, and they'd taken off. Um. And he was, you know, practicing his blood magic in Guadalajara. Uh, and that's not true. Uh, Omar like, Orea, before he died. Uh, they're like, no, said, bitch, you're wrong. Yeah, we're pretty sure he's fucking dead. He took a uh, he took a nine millimeter round directly in the brain hole. So he's he's not he's no longer with us. <laughs> he's he's left the area. Permanently. He is muerto. Yes. Or merde. He's also shit. So there we go. Um, <laughs> Omar Orea said before he died, I don't think that the, re- uh, the the religion will end with us because it has a lot of people in it and they have found it, uh, founded a temple in Monterey that isn't even related to us. This will continue. Ooh, Monterey. Much like this episode will continue, kind of, when we go record our Patreon directly after this, where we're going to talk about... Uh, something pretty pretty directly connected to this which is the practice of santa muerte so if you would like to join us and hear more about this five dollars a month patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast yes and uh yeah you'll get an extra episode once a week like we said before and uh yeah that's that's pretty uh, much that's it that's what we got got here yeah dude and uh it's a pretty fucked up little uh kind of a different cult type thing i mean yeah he was it's uh, not like it's it's not like the ones we've covered before where like you know uh get him to do a whole bunch of shit and you know all this stuff and then end up killing everybody at the end Mm -hmm. and type of thing kind of a little bit different like it's just a bunch of followers and you know then i'm gonna the leader fucking says i'm gonna kill you and you know or sacrifice you or something like that you know and Hey. Well, the, I think the difference here is the leader of this cult actually believed in what he was doing. This wasn't yeah. just a way to like build people out of their money and then bang their wives. Yeah. This dude actually believed in what he was doing, which is way fucking scarier. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? Why no it's not scary? If you head over what? to uh if you head over to studio.com Motherf- and check out check out the guy and a good one, huh? Check out their headphones, earbuds, Bluetooth speaker. They got it all. And uh, when you can uh, 
uh, go in the ch- in, into uh, checkout, put the promo code of darkwindows 15 in, in the little promo code area, to get 15% off your entire purchase. You know, so because, well, why the hell not? Also, you can right. go over to another little place, ageofradio.org, and there you can yes. check out all of our stuff, you know, sample it, or you can try to You're find right. your, your next favorite uh, podcast that, uh, you know, because we have the Age of Radio has everything. We have a uh, little bit of something new, for everybody, yeah. yeah. We have comic books, we got spiritual podcasts, we got uh, movie podcasts, we have oh, how to make beer podcasts, true crime. Everything Obviously, the about. boilerplate true crime stuff that every every network has. Yeah, um, every, a little bit of everything. Um, because you, so, you, you don't know this, but that's the largest topic for podcasts out there is fucking straight true crime. There is like 500,000 true crime podcasts. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a lot. Yeah. Which so, makes me glad that we're not one of them completely, you know. Exactly. So, that, But, you know, oh. you, you, you'll find whatever which one you want. And uh, and then um, um, you know, when you find them, you can sample their stuff on. You can sample, the, you know, their stuff on there. Or and then you can also go over to anywhere that you can download a podcast, and you can download our stuff or their stuff. But also, when you go like yeah, Apple, whatever, rate review. Yeah. Okay. You know it helps us out. Helps that will help them out, um, you know. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, Dark Windows Podcast, uh, yep. Instagram, Dark Windows Pod, and Twitter, Dark Windows Pod. Um, you know it. I'm on Facebook. I'm Kevin Heyer. If you you know if you go on there, you'll see me. Um, and I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, my my Instagram name is Speedy eight hundred two S P E. E D I E eight zero two, and mostly you'll find pictures of my dog, you know, my yep. German Shepherd, um, and uh, you'll find Kevin on Facebook. He's Kevin. Yep. He's I'm, Kevin I'm Carlton. Kev, I'm Kev Carlton on Facebook. Uh, Kevin sucks at stuff on Instagram. Or if you want to go there, you can see pictures of all the shit that I suck at doing, <laughs> but I still enjoy. Um, but never mind that shit. We must consult the cube one more time. For my next episode, because uh, uh, you we rolled for you last week, and you are doing a badass this upcoming week, correct? Um, yeah, I got. I should be rolling for you. Like, well, yeah. you're a fucking mile and a half from here, so, and you're also a disease carrying plague rat, so I'll just roll it for myself. Eat my uh, ass. Okay, well, uh, we are going to end up with something from history this time. So I'll have to. We'll be talking about some kind of odd historical event for my next one, which uh, won't be hard for me to find something. I'm pretty sure I can find some weird shit from history. There's always something. Oh, there's always something. Oh yeah. But with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. We will see you, gorgeous motherfuckers, next week. Yes, sorry. Sorry that the episode's late. My fault. And uh, have yep. a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.